Kidet you and welcome to the Musician's Journey podcast. My name is Ragnhild and for just over a year now I've been putting out interviews with musicians. This time, rather than presenting a new musician for you, I've gathered material from earlier and made a compilation on the topic of challenges. It can be very nice to hear others talk about challenges they've faced and many of us can relate to what they have to say. Some raised thoughts that concerned them, while others point to things in the past that they went through. In the show notes you can find the names of those who are talking, and I'll include links to their websites as well. After a year of asking lots of practical questions about musician life, I've come to the point of craving more in-depth conversation on fewer topics rather than skimming the surface of many topics. So we'll see what that leads to. Thanks for listening to this and I hope you'll find some solace and inspiration in this episode. I think the biggest challenge somehow is um, the why question, you know, like why why do we do this? <laughs> I mean, considering, okay, you know, we do it, some people like it, obviously. So there's, there, that's always worth it, right? There, there are people who really get pleasure from what we do. So that's a big plus, but it's such a small percentage of people. I don't know. I think that for me is the biggest sort of like um, challenge is sort of to, to always find the, um, a reason somehow to go on and I'm not I mean I'm not having like uh, I'm not a depressive person or anything you know I I luckily never had like really downs but when thinking of challenges I think this is what I have to always kind of like I don't think I resolved it I mean I think I resolved it in a way with this answer that I just said that there's always some people that they write sometimes or they come after the concert and they express what they felt or that, you know, and whatever it was that also sometimes when, when people come in are completely confused because they're not used to this kind of music and then they just like, yeah, this was weird or whatever. I mean, I find all that positive because I think that, you know, it's nice to experience something new anyways, you know, even, <laughs> So that's all worth it. But uh, yeah, like I say, it's like we are working for such a small percentage of people and this is really a bigger problem that has to do with the mass media and with what is being um, advertised more, with what is being played more on the radio and so on. So people get used to one type of thing and, and they have hard time. Like no one has time to search for things, you know, we sort of, take whatever we get on on the go so i don't know so that's one challenge the other challenge which at the moment is not really relevant is like like is it okay to travel this much you know is it okay to sit on the plane this much and and you know uh, sort of damage the earth in this way you know like it is a rather yeah, it's not very environmentally friendly job in a way as much as we are traveling. And, and I must say that it's been getting really a bit much 
in the last years with all these cheap flights and like sort of one-off things. And whereas I think that for musicians in general, for music also, it's much better to do a tour, you know, to be somewhere for some time, to have concerts one day after the other and not like fly for one thing and the next time you, the next day you fly back. I mean, it's just kind of crazy if you think about it. I wish it would change. And I think there are organizations um, that want to, like also within the jazz scene, um, like there is this uh, group called the Jazz European Jazz Network that is like many organizers from Europe are involved in this. And I know that, for example, on their agenda for the future, it is sort of, this is one of the topics that they want to, that they want to push forward, you know, like how to make it more sustainable. I think like a lot more could be done locally and also, but this is, you know, logistically just difficult and organizers need to then really collaborate and, and, you know, everybody's life is so complicated that they just, I understand it's difficult to do that because the organizers are also depending on so, so many things and, it's hard for them to just, uh, you know, you, you schedule everything a year and a half in advance or a year in advance. And it's just, it's, it's, it's a massive, it's a massive thing to solve, but it would be great if it could change a little bit, you know, if we could just travel and, and do tours again, like it used to be, you know, because it used to be like the Americans, when they would come to play in Europe, they would fly in and stay for a month and go around by train, obviously, and, and play all the bigger towns in Europe. And I think that was beneficial for many things, also for the music, for the people, for for everything, you know, for the planet, so... So that's another challenge. <laughs> and another challenge that I'm also thinking of as I'm getting older is like, can I, like, can I have a family and have this kind of life? Like, what would be the, how, what would be the sort of the compromise or like, what kind of compromise would it have to be? Like, I mean, I know many girls who have kids are and are continuing, uh, of course, with their music and so on, but I think they are all taking, uh, compromises and sacrifices and which is I'm I'm sure they are all very happy to do but it's just it's quite a challenge I think to be to be this uh, like to be this sort of freelance musician and and not just financially um also just logistically and uh, and even just in your mind you know like it takes so much of our of our uh, mental space to be a musician or like to do your own music it's just like you are constantly you need to be in this somehow so these are challenges which (laughs) I don't know but um... (laughs) so let's see I mean I've always enjoyed doing a lot of things on the other hand I have to watch out because I've always had workaholic tendency shall we say so for me the question isn't how do I fit it all in and do everything it's how can I do less all the time and how can I make sure that I've got a healthy lifestyle because that's that's my danger if you put me in a chair then I'll just go and go and go and work until 
like yeah i used to work until i was sick which is really not good so i've been watching that recently um well over the past 10 years shall we say um how i combine it is that i'm just now much more selective with what i do if i'm asked to do something and it's not an immediate yes then i say no and i actually make sure that i think rest is as important as work so one one very very simple way to organize this is that on a given day i try not to work three de- day segments <laughs> so let's see if you split the day into morning afternoon evening i'll only let myself work two of them which seems so obvious. I mean, that's what everyone does, right? You go to the office and you work morning, afternoon, and you have the evening off. But this, I used to just work from 8am till 11pm every single day. And that's, that's really not healthy. So I find rest is really important, being selective about what I do. And then the things I do do to go deeper into them, both so I can like creatively and musically do a better job you know, educating myself more in the world of business so I can actually afford to do that without working eight days a week, 25 hours a day. What types of challenges have you faced? Um, A few different ones. So the, I think confidence is a big one. I think confidence is, um, yeah, especially if you're doing things on your own, you have to like rely on yourself to believe in things and to have the discipline to do it. And when you're starting a new project, like Soul Bananas, right? It's, um, you don't know if people are going to like it. Um, You're putting yourself out there. You're putting your music out there and your emotions out there, your ideas. So you have to be a a little bit confident and that's, that that can be a bit hard. It's been um, really awesome to see support. So when I've started to post things and, um, to be more active online. I've had a lot of good um, kind of feedback from people, also from friends listening to music and they've told me they've really enjoyed it and stuff and that they've played it. So that helps a lot with the confidence. Also, other things is maybe like being far away from family. There's been some times where I've noticed that that can be difficult, right? If you're having like a bad month or just really struggling you can only like call them and um, or Skype them and it's just not quite the same, right? You can feel mm. a bit lonely and a bit distant from them, even though we're, it's easier than it's ever been, right? Skype or phone, at least we can do that, but it's still a little bit hard sometimes, right? So that's been a bit hard adapting to a new culture because I moved to Manchester and um, I think when I was in university, everyone is in the same boat. Everyone is a student from a different place and everyone is integrating and it's a big mixture. But as soon as you finish university and you're starting to like hang out with locals and joining the Manchester music scene, sometimes it's, um, you feel a bit outside. You can feel a bit outside and that can be a bit difficult to adapt to sometimes. Yeah. And I think maybe working alone recently has been a little bit difficult as well because it's, um, Sometimes it's that motivation, that confidence thing, that commitment to people. You don't, you don't have it there. So you really have to be on your own to like be disciplined and stick mm. to a schedule, make a plan. That kind mm. of stuff. 
Yeah, when hearing someone's story that spans over many years and then to just hear them say, oh, and then I couldn't continue with that instrument, so I quit and then I found this other thing. I mean, it's, it sounds easier than it really is, isn't it? It's like when it actually happens, was it some kind of existential crisis? Yes, it, it absolutely was. Uh, and well... Now it's quite some years ago and uh, it's it's not feeling complicated anymore, but it was a big deal. And I, I think anyone who really studied an, an instrument or doing something similar to that, when when you quite sudden have to stop, that's, that's a big, um, well, it's a shockwave really to your life because, and especially I was like 17, 18 years, I was so focused. And at that time, at least for me, uh, in one way, life is very simple because it's, it was only one thing I wanted. I just wanted to study and be as good as possible playing my trumpet. That was like, mm. yeah, it's a, it's a very simple uh, plan kind mm. of. And when you, when you go for that, you, well, I think that feels probably different, but but in some way you sacrifice a lot as well because it it takes so much of your time to do that, to spend so many hours practicing. To yeah, well, <laughs> as a trumpet player, so many silly things like just keeping the skin on your lip perfect at all time is just so many boring <laughs> things, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, well, having one beer too much the one night will completely ruin the day after. <clears throat> it's not that that's the the biggest sacrifice of life, but but it really affects every every part of your life. And then in in quite short time, that just shifted as I couldn't play anymore. Uh, and I didn't have any plan B. It was not like. Okay, and then just do something else. Then mm. was, yeah. So that was that was really hard. I spent quite a lot uh, time just being depressed, really trying to, yeah. I don't know what I really did, but I, I was really depressed for a time, and uh, it took, yeah. I think I took it took quite, quite a lot of time to really accept it and to, yeah, to find the new path in a way. And I think either way I would have ended up, I would never have finished what I thought was the aim at that time. I would never have, uh, well, I probably never would have had an orchestra job anyways. And I don't think that would have been satisfying for me anyways. So probably, or maybe I would have ended up making experimental computer music anyway. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well... I don't know, but I think I think I would sooner or later have been interested in that. So I, I mentioned that I was freelancing for four years in Amsterdam and found it, finding it very hard. That has several reasons. Both it was hard, like the Amsterdam, but I also was lacking more this uh, active mentality. And I think it was just because I was constantly feeling overwhelmed with it. And I just couldn't get past that, this feeling of, of of how overwhelming it all was and how hard it is to get anything. And I just couldn't get out of that mindset that everything was so hard. It was I was actually quite seriously depressed. So 
things didn't happen by themselves. Like sometimes they did. Sometimes a really nice thing happened by itself. Like there was this moment at the end of my study where I m- wrote music for a friend of mine's graduation performance at the theater school. So she was a, a a director making her graduation performance, and she was looking for musicians. And somebody recommended me because I'd played as a, as a performer in in somebody else's performance. And they said, "I don't know this nice Icelandic guy. Uh, maybe you should ask him." And then I made I made music. That was kind of my first composition. Like somebody approaching me, can you compose for 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 something? And um, that really was a turning point in my sort of career because. A lot of people saw that performance, and as a result, I got asked to make for other people's uh, graduation performances, and and people saw that, and that led to me getting jobs as a as a composer in theatre productions. And this girl whom I did the music for first, she also asked me back when she had a professional project as well later, and and then again, and then other people. So this really was this kind of thing that like where one thing led to another, and I saw that in the moment. Like I even did it consciously. This project it was a big. It's a big undertaking to write music for a whole theater production, and to do it for somebody's graduation show f- for free means that you really feel like okay, I'm going to put a lot of time into this. That means I have to see it as an investment. This might lead to something, and it did lead to something. And 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 I was really like feeling. Oh, this is going to become something, and I think I relaxed too much on that wave because at a certain point things didn't come. I didn't have work, I didn't have a, sa- a financial safety net to be able to pay my next rent. So there was some hardship that came as a result of me not taking active steps, and uh, I've, I had got a like a side job, and I, and that's fine. Actually, I started by getting a side job shortly after I graduated, just to to be safe. And then I quit that when I felt like these theatre projects are just coming. So let's see if I can do without one. And then I didn't like take that moment to sort of put myself actively really out there because I just I could see there was a project that I was going to be working on for the next three months. And then when that was finished. There was a while until the next one came, and I just kind of—I don't want to use bad words—but I was like really in deep shit because I didn't have any money to pay my rent, and so I found another job. And then trying to find more students was so hard, and I was always thinking I'm supposed to be, you know, taking out flyers to all the houses in the neighborhood. I should be putting my uh, poster up in all the supermarkets. I did like. Message people like, "Hey, do you if you know of any students?" I did that, and maybe from all of the messages I sent, one person forwarded me like, "You could uh, ask this music school." And I did. They didn't have a job for me, and it was just a very slow process. And at the end of four years of doing that, I had a few students, but not enough to live safely from, or like to live on very little. And I did. I lived on very little, and it was also a stress. That contributed to me because of that stress. It was really hard to make active steps. I was just too scared and too pessimistic. But this has changed now. So I, I'm just using this opportunity that I got accepted into a study to develop myself as a second chance, basically. And so now 
I'm trying to find this balance because I'm I'm actually really scared. I'm very scared that after I graduate that I will be in the same situation. I won't have work. Things are not coming and I will be demotivated and blah, blah, blah. I don't want that again. So in a way, I'm motivated to sort of set things up a little bit now. But I have to try to do that also without narrowing myself creatively. Like if everything that I do has the goal of having work the moment that I graduate, I would be super stressed and trying to do everything extremely with purpose all the time. Then I would never be working enough, basically. So I do have to make sure that I feel inspired and that I am learning things. But I am kind of, I'm learning so much. I'm learning like practical stuff about mixing and recording and uh, about creative process, collaboration, and just a lot of space to discover music and different uh, things that I like. Basically having that space to discover all those things teaches me also about things that already were there inside me, but I just didn't ever have the space or give it the space to develop it. Prioritizing is a challenge for me. I think there's so many interesting, wonderful things to spend your time on. And it's hard. (laughs) And I'm more of a saying yes than saying no. Although I said that I don't do things I'm not interested in anymore. I'm interested in many things still. (laughs) So that is, I feel, my main challenge the balance between yeah like I want to still play classical music but we all know that takes a certain effort and dedication you can't just do that like once every half year it needs some kind of continuity and I think that's maybe the thing with many things that these kinds of processes and work you need to kind of be in it and same with improvisation or and the creating music you don't just pick it up like one day once a month it takes more continuity to so to try to to manage to have some continuity on different level different fields at the same time that's a constant challenge and also then to even maybe try to make it a good thing that you are trying to do these different things at the same time so maybe they can even contaminate each other (laughs) in a good way like that's uh, it's not clear answer often to these things as I said I I don't really know what's next and that's an interesting place to be I'm not sure I've ever been there I'm not sure I've, I've ever felt exactly like this if I have it's been a very long time yeah uh I'm clear about some things I don't want to do, like I said, the driving 84,000 kilometers. But being clear about what I don't want to do does not really help me come up with what I do want to do. Hmm. So I'm really taking note of what feels really good. So I just did a a week-long tour in the Netherlands. I go to the Netherlands usually once a year. I didn't go last year, of course, uh, with this guy I've been playing with forever, Walt Wilkins, and it was fantastic. So that goes in the box of, yes, I want to keep doing this and things that feel like this. Uh, 
in 2020, I started just recording and releasing music as it came to me. So not trying to make a record, not raising a bunch of money or doing any of that, which I've done. I don't want to do that anymore either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having a song, recording it either here or in the studio or both, and just putting it out. I want to keep doing that. I am not sure, and this is the business coach saying this, I am not sure how exactly I'm going to monetize that hmm. or if I even care. Right. Uh, so I'm, I'm still working through that. And that's an interesting question. It's an interesting thing to inquire into. How do I want to do this? What works for me? What's maybe most importantly, what's sustainable? Hmm. I could get very excited and post a lot on social media or spend a lot of time pulling music together and maybe having a project. I've I've put out records where you spend a lot of time uh, making, preparing for, releasing all of that record and then you're done. That's great. But it's not sustainable. I can't do that all the time. So... How can I, my question that I'm looking into, and I don't have an answer for this, and it's kind of fun that I don't have an answer to this, is how can I continue to make the music I want to make with the people I want to make it with and and still get paid for that in a way that feels okay? I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't need to become the Rolling Stones. That's not what I'm looking for. Mm. But... Just finding a level that, that feels good. That, that's really the inquiry I'm in. And I'm hopping, I hop back and forth a lot between the two businesses. They're connected and they're not all at the same time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always show up. I'm always a musician. I'm always that guy. I'm always the coach. I'm always that guy. But the businesses move at different paces. Uh, so I do a little, there's a little jumping back and forth uh, for me as well. Have you faced any challenges? Um, as, as a trombone player, yes, a lot of challenges. Basically, people that just be mean to you. Yeah. Or uh, people that want to position themselves. You know, like uh, have this, uh, there are unfortunately some in the music world that have this uh, need of showing that they are better than you or they are very good, not necessarily better than you, but just, this is me, you know. Um, and uh, sometimes it's uh, very nicely done, elegantly. Sometimes, I mean, if you're good, I'm thinking you don't need to tell people that you're good or point out. Um, but some people don't understand this, so they point it out. And I think that's very challenging to have to work with people like this, mm-hmm. it makes the work really unpleasant for me. Some people don't care about this, so I, I, it's totally fine. But I, I, I'm very sensitive on, on the language, on the tone. We have a saying, I mean, or I think it's generally in the world, the tone makes the music or something like that we say. So um, if it's a nice music, then you have nice tones. If you have ugly music, then it's not 
nice tones. <laughs> so uh, I'm uh, I'm sensitive on this. Uh, that that I find challenging. Otherwise. I mean, if I don't like something, if I feel this is not right, I just avoid it. So I kind of like, let's say, that was my, uh, <laughs> one of my routines, avoiding people I, that don't make me happy and contribute uh, for a better world. I avoid. So, yeah. But otherwise, challenges, no. Uh, I mean, it is hard to sit hours and paint or draw, especially drawings. It is really painstakingly you have to go several brushes and oh god it's small <laughs> yes. hope i don't bl- get blind <laughs> some of the drawings are really small so i have to go like oh, a little triangle here god uh but uh no i uh, also have been lucky to meet a lot of nice people encouraging people people that have nice things to say yeah have you had any surprises as a self-employed musician any moments of thinking why did no one ever tell me that <laughs> there are so many things that I wish people had told me earlier on one of those things and this sounds really 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 basic but it's okay to ask money for your work <laughs> especially when you make art or you do something that you really care about for me for a long time it felt like if I ask money for it, it would look like I'm just doing it for the money and I don't really care about it. And, you know, uh, but then there came a point that I realized that people actually value something more if they're paying for it, because then they're more aware of the objective value. Mm. And then they take it for granted less. And that just gives me more of a sense of yeah, being valued and then I do better work. <laughs> but I think there's also a kind of fear of being commercial or mm. sellout or, you know, <laughs> I mean, I wish I was, I really wish I was, but it's, it can be difficult, but it's really, really okay because it's what we do and it's our work. So you are doing that yourself now. You're not working with a label. No. We are not working with the label. We didn't even send up out demos actually because we we decided to just go full force do it yourself. We knew it was going to be hard, but we we felt that after our first album, um, we really want to have uh, like a freedom in the creativity and not be how to say. Because, I mean, having a label is really luxurious and we were very thankful that we got to uh, record it in one of Stockholm's uh, greatest studios and we had like like a backing um, company that really wanted to take us far. Um, but we sacrificed quite a lot in, when it came to songs, cho- choosing songs for the albums, choosing sound. Um, even, even the artwork was like compromising thing that went not at all how we wanted it to look. Um, we wanted this saturated red color, like in our second album, Diamond, that red color. And we sent it to, to the graphic designer who was going to make it. And he sent us back the one that is today, that it's more pink and Kind of, it's it's really nice looking, but it's not at all that that we sent to him. Mm. And he said like, uh, "Well, it's 
like I do or nothing at all. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and for me, as, uh. since I'm working as a freelancer as well, um, that is not how you treat your customers. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I think our labels, uh, label, they just liked the cover. So then, of course, uh, they sat on all the money. So they, they accepted the, the artwork. But things like that made us think that we really want to do this on our own, having completely freedom in what we do. Uh, also, when we made our second album, we, uh, we had like a distribution company from Sweden with, which was like a daughter company for a very big uh, music company or mu- music label. And we paid like 15,000 Swedish crowns for them to make like a PR uh, campaign. It ended up in like one review. Uh, and I think I'm not so sure but i think they just sent our press message out to some of their contacts that they already have maybe even along with some other emerging bands um and that was it (laughs) (laughs) and of course uh, we also had the cd in some stores and that was part also why we did that deal but that was also making us think okay um people are really making money out of bands in our size we're not going to do this again take this risk (laughs) Mm. so we want to have control on that as well so as for pr for this album we were very unsure because we were like oh my god it's so time consuming to do that part as well can we find like a company that don't cost so much money so therefore there's not that big risk if they don't deliver um but we decided that no, we, we, we'd rather put our money into social ads, um, rather than risk our money at a company that, that, I mean, a company can never promise that they can give you coverage because they don't know what, what magazines or radio will say about the music. <laughs> so mm. it's not only their fault, actually. It's just how it works. And so we do that ourselves now as well. Are there more challenges to your orchestral work life that hasn't already been mentioned? Challenges too. I think, um, I mean, I don't have kids yet, but I think when you have kids, it can't, there, there's all kinds of challenges that come up when you're an orchestral musician. For example, you know, if you're a couple and you both work in the same orchestra. Like we have a lot of couples in our orchestra. If we're going on tour, they have to choose who gets to go on tour and who gets to stay with the kids. Or, you know, they have to have someone look after the kids. And it's the same if, if they, if we have an evening rehearsal or something and both people are playing, or even if you, you know, the hours are, are a little bit different and a lot of the, Pair, the people who have little kids they don't like when we have evening rehearsals or afternoon rehearsals because then they just don't see their kids all day or they have to get babysitter or whatever yeah. so um, I think that can be challenging and just keeping up the yeah like I guess we covered it already but keep keeping in shape when you get older and fingers get slower or whatever yeah. <laughs> keep up the inspiration and yeah, yeah. that's, that's 
and also maybe uh, feeling enthusiastic about the you know the symphony that you play the most or uh, I, I don't know maybe some pieces can feel less inspiring when you play them many times yeah I think that's that's less of a problem than you would think though I mean I see some of the my older like the the more senior colleagues in my orchestra and if it's a really fantastic conductor that they're really excited about and it, it could be Beethoven 7 you know that they've played a gajillion times and they're still like completely over the moon after the concert so that's that's actually really inspiring because it i guess it means that you know there's always something new to discover especially if there's a new or just a, a really good conductor that comes and shows us something new mm. but if it's a <laughs> If it's not not so inspiring conductor or, yeah, or if it's, you know, if there's some other struggles at work, then it can definitely be challenging to be playing the th same thing over and over. And like I said, you can't choose what you play. So you have to just kind of show up and play what's, what's on the program. Yes. So I guess that can also be kind of frustrating sometimes. Mm. The framework... As, a, as an artist or a musician, that you sort of have to create it yourself. As a chef, I could just walk into the kitchen and I, and I knew within uh, half a minute what was required of me and what I was going to be doing for the day. And then, boom, your day's set and you do it. And, yeah, there, there are some things on the way uh, you're not sure about, I'm not certain about, but um, the structure is all there. You, you know, you don't have... You don't have to create anything really from scratch except the food itself. And then as a musician, as a, as a composer, everything, everything from the ground up has to be conceived and implemented by you or a team that you've, that you've built. And in building the team, you also have to do that yourself as well and you have to find the right people. You know, it's just it starts from ground zero. So I, I totally understand why uh, there are these these communities when you start working with people in the music community and it's working why you stick with them because there's that framework and understanding already there you know the ins and outs and you know how everyone functions and thinks and you you can move like a well-oiled machine together and i can see why it's so attractive for musicians to want to secure a job in an ensemble for instance because then there also you have this framework this existing framework But if you work as a freelancer outside of a, of an ensemble, of a set ensemble, or like a full-time ensemble I'm talking about, or a full-time orchestra, then it can be daunting with, with all the things that you've got to consider. And I don't know that any institution can really teach you all of that in one very short period of, of learning time. So I think, I think in many ways institutions are doing as much as they possibly can and inevitably they're going to be things that you just uh, are going to have to learn when you finish studying i mean it's it takes it's taken me years to learn certain things you know and um or, or to feel more comfortable with certain things in association with the job with the task and uh that has only come through sort of being being thrown into the into the sea of The music world, yeah. Um, 
So in many ways, I don't know that there are certain things that I don't think you can learn properly, maybe not to the same degree in, in your study time. Uh, yeah. And for me, it was time management and organizing my finances and a budget. You know, these were all things that I had no idea about until I left the conservatorium. And it's taken, taken me years to get to a point where I feel like I'm in some sort of a, a rhythm with it. So. When you threw yourself into composing, was there any kind of thought of making that into your living? Um, no, I, could, I didn't dare to think that because uh, I didn't come from a family background where where people studied art on that level, and uh, and I wasn't encouraged much. I had to find that uh, courage in myself, and in the beginning, I. I was very afraid of, for example, spending money and I took all sorts of day jobs and uh, didn't want to have a loan and uh, was very afraid of how this would go. But I decided to give it a try and then carefully starting to make a living out of it. Uh, after about 10 years, I, I think I realized that it would be possible. I don't think I was very co conscious about it. Um, I wasn't so uh, confident as I am now about choosing my projects. So I, I think I would do a lot of things that weren't necessarily good for my career or good for me or <laughs> because I felt I had to do it or that I just was afraid of not getting enough work, maybe, uh, things like that. So I did a lot of stuff, but not all of it has been um Uh, so the best to focus on, <laughs> I can see that in the aftermath. But of course, all experience is in the end good experience because you learn so much from your failures as well as your, your successes. And I think the most important thing here is that uh, that you are devoted, that you are on it. And I was for sure uh, very on it for a long time, mm, almost on the edge of being manic, I think. <laughs> Uh, it helped to um, to get my own family <laughs> to have less focus on music all the oh, time. Right, right. So, uh, now, as we speak, uh, I live uh, in a house with uh, with my husband and two teenage girls, and uh, that's really, really wonderful. Uh, I think uh, after those ten years, I, when I started to look into my future, I thought, no, I can't, I can't live this uh, this uh, intense life. I have to slow down if I if I want to last <laughs> because then I really want to last. I want to do this till I drop. And uh, yeah, it's not of course it's not of course that the reason why I got kids. <laughs> But um, I see that it helps to have focus elsewhere. Yeah. But you can have focus elsewhere in other things as well, in nature, in friends, and uh, other activities and. I think that's mentally important that you're interested in other things as well. So I was not interested in anything else than music for a long time. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I decided to go into music and it's not very healthy. But um, but perhaps also that's also why I made a career in the start because I did that. I sacrificed so much in order to be there. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yes. Uh Did you get some kind of a wake-up call then when you reached a point and realized that you had to also balance the music with other things in life? 
I think I did because I I started to get sleeping problems and that made me want to move out of the city center. Uh, so I did. I moved out to where I live now in Svartskog. Not the same house, but the same area. Together with Frode, uh, my husband. So we were together since our student times. So he's been there all the time, like a cliff. <laughs> and also a musician. But um, having that change, like that, that perspective, and waking up in a place surrounded, where you're surrounded with nature, that uh, grounded me. Yeah. Again. And... Um, after that, uh, like my focus on nature has also been very high, also environmental issues. And, and that didn't start then, but it uh, made a connection that uh, it can be a part of the art work as well. And uh, that helped just moving out. That was all that it took. Hmm. The kids came later, so a couple of years later. I have a feeling that stability is not your cup of tea. Actually, I'm really trying. It's just really hard for me. I'm trying very hard to have a stable life and routine, but I've moved country like five times in 10 years and I, I've i gotten a lot better at it, at it the last year. Like I have, I sort of have a routine now, especially around like, yeah moving my body working out and meditation and stuff that also helps me having other routines but my composition teacher says that that's like I mean I guess that's for him too though but that's yeah Michael Pizarro he says that stability is like the one factor that's like really important for having a consistent creative output so I'm trying to Uh, and he's, I mean, he's right. I think there's like a long period of time where I'm not working at all. And it's because it, like things have been like too disruptive, I guess. So I do, after many years of fighting it, I'm, uh, I, I do think stability is like a good thing, actually. Yeah, it feels a little contradictory or ironic how, uh, how liberating stability can feel. Because if I feel structured and organized and uh, having some thoughts of what I want to do the next day. Like that kind of feels like it goes against creativity. It feels like creativity is to just be open to everything and to not limit oneself in any way. But when I have certain frames around my days, that's when I can just really relax and then the creativity can come. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I mean, I guess it's also, I mean, I really also like to have this kind of I don't know, it's kind of play time or like time where I'm not need where I don't have to produce anything and where I can just like I can be creative and work on stuff, but I can also just like look at the leaf or whatever. Like, you know, it's like a type of existing that I used to do a lot when I was a child and I was alone a lot because I was an only child. But then it works for me to like slot that in like on Thursday from like these four hours I'm going to have that time kind of and then I can look at like it's that it but it's really important that that time is really unstructured and I don't look at time and it's like just flowing but if I don't set aside time to do that I end up like not doing it so even even that kind of it's nice to have some structure around that the unstructuredness too I think yeah yeah Mm, I wish everyone to everyone to just uh, 
take time and take moments in your life when you turn inwards and ask yourself, is this what I really want to do? Is this what I'm supposed to do? And what what are the expectations of uh, society or teachers or or whatever? And what are my own thoughts, my inner thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, Can you point to a specific moment when something changed for you? What made something change? Oh, good question. Why are you not still playing bassoon in an orchestra? Um, I was looking forward to play with uh, some people. People who has been my idols, has been my teachers. Uh, and their style of playing I still adore. I love how they express themselves on instruments and... My dream was playing with them and being a part of their orchestra or their ensemble and uh, playing with specific pieces of music or composers I really dreamed about. And uh, that happened at some point. Um, I've got asked to be a part of projects uh, I was dreaming about. And it was fun and it was great. But in my head, I thought it would be different. I don't know. It's just like I felt like uh, I reached some point where I was uh, ready. I don't know. It it was like, uh, oh, okay. Is this what I have to do the rest of my life? Do I want to do this the rest of my life? I achieved all my goals I was looking forward to and... It wasn't as fun as I expected it to be, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and then also I, I um, was in the point of life where uh, I had already children, uh, my daughter. And uh, I spent a lot of time traveling and playing. And uh, I feel like I, I um, lost time with her, like she... She's growing so quickly. And uh, I thought that all the traveling... I could continue my career in in the south of Sweden or in in might be in Denmark or Germany, but then I have to move there to make my family life, private life fit, to to puzzle my life together. I don't know. (laughs) And uh, my ex-husband wanted to stay in Stockholm and... In Stockholm, I I, uh, I didn't have so much job as south of Sweden and uh, Denmark. And so uh, I was like um, questioning my life. What is important for me? And then I, at some point, I just, uh, how to say, I crashed, no? Mm. I... I uh, hit the wall? I hit the wall, yes. And I got depressed. And then uh, even more questioning started when I said no to some jobs and I was um, considering how is it saying no to something because I've all been, always, I always said yes to every concert. <laughs> and now I started to say no and they were like, oh, it's, it's, it's different, it feels different. I can choose, I can decide, I can be... 
I can be the boss of my own life, you know. It's funny feeling, I was it before also, but now I really realize that I, I can do what I want. But what do I want and who am I? And, uh, and this year, so many years of rushing into new projects and traveling and educating and like uh, I had um, the the moment where you sit down and quiet think about your life I I don't remember I cannot uh, recall if I ever had one of those you know mm. now I have lots of those <laughs> <laughs> and especially Covid uh, made me forced me to have the more of those moments but uh, Anyway, that was a, a new start, new era for me, kind of. Yeah. Um, and I remember that I was questioning uh, at some point, I want to play music, but should I do it professional or should I do it more for fun? And what, what is uh, the line between being professional and mm. not being that? There is so much fear in this. There really is. And it reminds me of this saying that being brave is about being afraid and doing it anyway. Yeah. I think if I look at what are the core values that I really want to live by, courage is really one of them. Um, and it's definitely not, it's not easy. Like even now when I'm I'm launching this website and I have actually put, I've invested a lot of money into this process and a lot of time. And there is in this, this faith. I can only call it faith. It's like getting to the place where I believe enough in myself that I can do this and that even though I know that there'll be road bumps and challenges along the way, I will face them and it will work. I can do it. So right now, I guess, is a, is a little bit of a new place for me in terms of career and really jumping into something. I'm gonna again quote Julia Cameron who wrote this book, The Artist's Way. She says, leap and the net will follow. And I actually, when I was thinking about coming to this podcast today and I was thinking about like, I'm not a musician and all of this <laughs> stuff, this quote came to my mind and I just started to cry because the weekend I've been working such long hours and putting all of myself into this creative process. And there is so much faith in that and also so much fear. It feels like this huge thing that I'm doing right now and the reason it's huge is because it is a dream. Mm. It's a dream that I am now actually putting into reality and it's, it's a lot of energy going into that. It almost feels like giving birth. I've never given birth so sorry to all the moms who think that that's like an unfair comparison but to me it feels like that and and I go through these waves of, of fear, like what if I fail? What if all of this time and money and passion that I've invested into this is just 
I really want to give space to that afraid part of me. It feels like a young part of me, almost childlike, that sometimes feels this shame about creative products or fear about leaping into the unknown. And sometimes this part of me just needs me to close my eyes and give it a bit of a hug and, and some comfort because it's there. And I don't really know what it is that makes me do it anyway, but I think it is this, there's something that's come for me with a little bit of maturity now and a little bit of just living with myself and understanding my capabilities and what I can do and how I want my life to look and yeah it's the, the, the word that comes to me is faith the word that comes to me is faith and trusting in myself that like whatever happens whatever challenges I face I will know how to confront them and I can do it